Welcome back to City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernathy, and we're continuing our discussion of the Philokalia, in particular of the volume called Writings on the Prayer of the Heart. And we've begun our discussions of St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem, his letter to Theodolus, in particular his writings on sobriety and prayer. And this week, in this episode, we're picking up with uh, paragraph number 41, if you're following along in the text. And in the following paragraphs, Hezekiah is going to be discussing, in particular, the unceasing prayer uh, of the Jesus prayer, of, of reciting again and again within the heart, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And how this is the most powerful means to engage uh, the evil one as he seeks to distract us from God and from the pursuit of holiness. Uh, within these paragraphs, Hezekiah will also discuss with us the art of the evil one, how the evil one in particular seeks to draw us off of that path uh, through various distractions. And so it's, it will be a good couple paragraphs for us and certainly give us a lot to think about in regards to the spiritual battle. And so in paragraph 41, he begins by writing, For as the more the rain pours down upon the earth, the more it softens the earth, so too the holy name of Christ, when it is invoked by us without thoughts, the more constantly we call upon it, the more it softens the earth of our heart and fills it with joy and delight. This is one of those paragraphs that would be good to, to memorize in regards to the spiritual life that the Jesus prayer recited, recited over and over again softens the heart, makes it uh, more attentive to the presence of, of God, that it protects us from the onslaughts of the evil one, and also moves us away from a kind of discursive thought. Uh, typically, our tendency is to engage in prayer by making use of the imagination, thoughts, ideas, uh, all of which can be good, but all of which can uh, distract us and draw us away from God himself. And so what the fathers tend to teach is a setting aside of discursive kind of meditation and rather making use of the simplicity of the Jesus prayer, moving from a multiplicity of thoughts to simplicity of thought. And in this simplicity, uh, we become better able to uh, protect ourselves from the dis distractions that the demons would uh, set upon us. In paragraph 42, he goes on to say, And it is good that the inexperienced should know this too, that we who are heavy and weighed down to the earth by body and discursive thought have enemies who are bodiless and invisible, malicious and clever at harming us, skillful, nimble, and practiced in warfare, waged all the years from Adam even until now. By no other means have we the possibility to conquer them except by continual sobriety of mind and calling on Jesus Christ, our God and Creator. May prayer to Jesus Christ be for the inexperienced an incentive and guide to experience and knowledge of God. But for the, in it, for the experience, the best teacher of good is doing, testing, and tasting what is good. So there's a lot packed into this paragraph. Hezekiah is telling us that the demons are relentless, 
and practiced in the ways that they can lead us into sin, all the way from the time of Adam until the present moment, in fact. And so our watchfulness must be as relentless and our prayer must be as unceasing uh, as they are in their uh, attempts to draw us into temptation, uh, especially for those who are inexperienced. Uh, they will find uh, great strength in the practice uh, of the Jesus prayer. Uh, for those who are experienced, he goes on to tell us the best teacher is doing, testing, and tasting what is good. And this will come up again repeatedly in, in the following paragraphs. But doing, testing, and tasting, that the spiritual life is not something that is abstract for us, that Christianity is an ascetic as we've said so many times before, an ascetic religion. Uh, it involves actively engaging in our practice of the faith, in particular the ordering of the passions and this unceasing prayer, and learning to taste the sweetness of humility and chastity firsthand is the best way then to motivate us to continue on in our pursuit of holiness. Okay, in the following paragraphs, 43 and on, uh, Hezekiah now begins to discuss the art of the evil one, which becomes ever, import, ever more important in, in the spiritual struggle uh, to know the nature of the temptations and how they work upon us. And so in paragraph 43, he begins by saying, As an innocent little child is delighted when it sees a wonder worker and follows the doer of marvels out of guilelessness, so to our soul, being simple and good, for it was made so by the good master, is delighted by the fantastic suggestions of the devil, and being deceived, it runs to that wily one as though he were good, as the dove runs to one who sets nets for her children, so it mingles its own thoughts with the fantasy of the devil's suggestion. And so the, the devil can lure us into to air by pre presenting things that are, are of great marvel to us, that seem to be exceptional, to excite the, the senses on uh, a spiritual level, to entice us into perhaps uh, a pridefulness. And so simply because something seems good or has the appearance of good, uh, we must not set aside our discrimination, our discernment, but in fact be even more attentive at those moments to the possibility of deception. If there should chance the face of a beautiful woman or something else that is plainly forbidden by the commandments of Christ, it wishes, as it were, to contrive something to bring into reality the lovely thing which it has seen. And then having identified with the thought, it goes on and brings into effect by means of the body to its own condemna condemnation the unlawful thing that it has seen in thought. So our, our sinfulness, as so many of the Desert Fathers will tell us, begins with movements within the thought, that uh, an idea, an image is put before us, enough for us to take hold of it and add to it imagination until it becomes something along the fantasy, where imagine, imaginative thoughts are tied together. And in this fantasy, we will conjure up for ourselves the very thing that the devil wishes to, to draw us into in order to help us sin, or to draw us into it in reality, and so lead us even into a greater fall. 
So again, every thought has to be taken captive uh, in this spiritual battle. This is the art of the evil one, Hezekiah tells us. And with these arrows, he poisons every victim. And for this reason, it is not safe until the mind has had long experience of this warfare to allow thoughts to enter into the heart, especially in the beginning, when our soul is still in sympathy with the suggestions of the demons, takes pleasure in them and follows them eagerly. But it is necessary as soon as we are aware of the thoughts, immediately to cut them off at the very moment of their impact and our finding them. So a vigilance here, a sobriety uh, is necessary in order that we maintain a constant state of attentiveness. Uh, in the beginning, this may feel mechanical or it may seem simply impossible to maintain. And it's for this reason that uh, we need the, the constant grace of God as well as the practice of the Jesus prayer to maintain that remembrance of God as well as the vigilance over our thoughts. He continues, but when after a long time the mind is practiced and this wonderful work and knows all there is to know about it and comes to be skilled in waging this war so as to discriminate between thoughts correctly and as the prophet says, is able easily to take the little foxes then it may cunningly let them enter and fight against them with the help of Christ, expose them and throw them out. So the more experienced one becomes in the battle, the more capable they become in recognizing the enemy and then quickly exposing them to the light of Christ. This would be the goal for all of us, that on a daily basis, uh, we would seek to become skilled in the science of not the evil one, but of, of the fathers, of being able to recognize uh, how the, the demons work, but also know how to respond to them as they seek to attack us. We find ourselves now at paragraph number 46. And again, uh, this is one of the most important paragraphs in the section, and uh, even many parts of it I think would be good to memorize. In particular, it describes for us the, the movement of temptation until there is a kind of coupling with the sinful thought that is put before us. And so he writes, first comes suggestion. So first, the idea is simply put before the mind's eye. Second, coupling. There is uh, a willingness to engage the thought in a kind of uh, back and forth, entertaining the thought on some level. When our thoughts and the thoughts of the wicked demons are mingled together. Thirdly, merging, when the thoughts of both kinds take counsel together, resolve on evil, and plan what must be done. So merging, where we actually embrace the, the thoughts, the ideas, and uh, join, as it were, ourselves with the thoughts of the evil ones in the way that we can plan to accomplish the evil that they set before us. And fourthly comes the visible action, that is, the sin. And so we commit ourselves fully and, and give ourselves over to the sin in action indeed. If then the mind is steadfast in sobriety, pays attention to itself, 
And by resistance and calling on the Lord, Jesus drives away the suggestion on its impact. That which would usually follow does not happen. So we are meant to really stop the movement right at the first moment, at the suggestion, as has been said so many times before, to cut off the head of the serpent before it enters the door and to allow it no room to, to enter into our minds and our hearts. From the evil one, being mind without body, cannot lead souls astray except by means of imagination and thoughts. From among these actions, David says of suggestion, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. And the great Moses says about merging, thou shalt make no covenant with them. So the, the demons cannot control us in any way. They can only put these things before us as to influence our imagination and our thoughts. And so to become victorious in the battle is to, again, allow them no room uh, to settle within our, our thoughts and within our heart. We must be like David. We must uh, put to death the enemies as soon as we uh, see their approach. And as with Moses, we shall enter into no covenant with them. There should be no merging, in other words, that, that takes place or coupling that takes place within the mind and the heart. In paragraphs 47 through 49, Hezekiah clarifies for us beautifully the nature of what is taking place, but more than that, why it is so important for us to move away from discursive kind of meditation and thoughts. It's not just a mindless thoughtlessness that we're seeking to enter into. It is to still the heart, to quiet the heart so much that we can uh, more quickly see the, the movement of any foreign thought within us or as it approaches. It allows us to engage in, in the battle in a very clear-minded kind of way. And so in paragraph 47, he begins by writing, Mind is invisibly engaged in battle with mind, the demon's mind with our mind. And for this reason, it is needful for us to cry out of the depths at each moment to Christ, that he will drive away from us the demon's mind and give us the prize of victory as he loves men. So mind against mind. It is a psychological battle uh, that is taking place. Thoughts, images, ideas are put before us in order to uh, play and evoke our, our, our play on and evoke our feelings in, uh, in order to lead us astray. He then says, "Let a man holding a mirror and gazing attentively to it be an example of to you of silence of heart, and then if you imitate him." You will see mentally inscribed in your heart both wicked things and good. So it is as if we are holding up to ourselves a kind of mirror to the mind by stilling everything within us we, and engaging in this uh, unceasing prayer. We are constantly gazing uh, at the movements of our mind to see if there is anything there that is not from God. And so it is not an easy discipline that is being put before us. This kind of watchfulness uh, and unceasing prayer uh, 
at the fruit of this is a kind of freedom from, from the passions. And so as a way of closing today's episode, uh, we'll look finally at paragraph 49. And Hezekiah tells us, watch always that there be no thought in your heart, neither seemly or unseemly, that you may easily recognize the aliens, that is the firstborn sons of the Egyptians, meaning the suggestions. And so the whole goal of this kind of ascetical effort is to be able to see the suggestions as they are put before us and so put them down. That brings us to the end of episode 18, and I thank you for joining us once again. If you have any questions that you would like to put forward about this section or anything about the philokalia or what we've discussed, uh, please feel free to email me and we'll try to either incorporate it in the next ep episode or I'll get back to you by email. Thank you again, and we'll see you soon.